Hey, yo, welcome back as we continue our journey through the Bible and we are in the book of Zechariah. We're continuing into Zechariah chapter eight today. And in this chapter, hope blossoms. And as children of God, we don't live on explanations or expect God to explain things to us as if we would be able to understand God's ways or his thoughts. Anyway, we live on the promises of God and what God promises to provide for his children. Faith and hope are nourished by the promises of God given to us throughout scripture. There are so many promises of God in scripture. And in this message, Zechariah focuses on the people's eyes of faith on the future, the future glory that is coming through God and the promises that would give them encouragement that they needed to get through the time and day they were in in their time. And those same encouragements give us the faith and hope that we need to get through our days today because many of these promises that are spoken of throughout the minor prophets have yet to come. Jesus is returning. Our Messiah is returning and his kingdom will be complete and and, and total and restored and we will be able to live with him in his eternal kingdom kingdom. And we'll go ahead and start in verse one of chapter eight. Then another message came to me from the Lord of heaven's armies. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. My love for Mount Zion is passionate and strong. I am consumed with passion for Jerusalem. And now the Lord says, I am returning to Mount Zion and I will live in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city. The mountain of the Lord of heaven's armies will be called the holy mountain. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Once again, old men and women will walk Jerusalem streets with their canes and will sit together in the city squares. And the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls at play. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. All this may seem impossible to you now a small remnant of God's people. But is it impossible for me, says the Lord of heaven's armies? And we have to, I'm going to pause right there. Nothing is impossible for God, no matter what we're facing, no matter what difficulty lies before us, we can trust God to carry us through it. He can and will do anything. He is God. He has all power, all authority. He is sovereign. And we can trust him with every single minuscule part of our lives. He wants us to lean on him and trust him through it all. And here a promise is given that Jerusalem is going to be rebuilt and become completely whole and different than it has ever been. And the city will be dedicated to truth and holiness that is only found through God. And this promise is going to be fulfilled, as we've been talking about, when Jesus returns to earth and establishes his kingdom with us on earth. And he describes the city that is so safe and friendly that elderly leisurely sit in the streets and talk. There's no fear of danger. And children play in the streets and there's no fear of danger. There's no harm that comes because there's peace throughout the entire land. There's joy. There's no evil. There's no wickedness. There's nothing to fear. We are sitting in the city of God with Christ. And we'll continue in verse 7. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. You can be sure that I will rescue my people from the east and from the west. And he is going to rescue us. We're going to take this chapter slow. There's a lot to dive into here. And 
there's going to be a worldwide regathering from the east to the west. The whole world will know and see when Jesus returns. And this worldwide gathering has not yet happened. And we have not yet seen the complete gathering of the Jewish nation back to Israel yet. And we have not seen the Lord return and gather his children together and restore his kingdom. That is coming. It is a promise in scripture and he is returning and this will all happen. And we just trust God for his perfect timing and we glorify him with gratitude of everything he does in our lives while we wait. In verse 8, we'll continue. I will bring them home again to live safely in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and just toward them as their God. And again, we're going to pause. God claimed the people of Israel as his own from the very beginning. They were his firstborn nation, his firstborn chosen people, the people who he chose to bring forth His our Messiah, his only son, Jesus. He sent Jesus to earth through the nation of Israel. And out of the nation of Israel comes the word of God, the word that we pour over and study and and when Jesus died and was crucified and rose from the dead, he pours out his Holy Spirit now for us. He sends us his Holy Spirit when we trust in him and submit ourselves to him for our lives. And God will not abandon us. He will not forsake us. The nation of Israel fell into idolatry and sin, and they were sent to Babylon in captivity as a result of that sin. And as they turned their backs on God, God let them experience the wrath of abandonment as he let them have their sin for a time, for a period. But God does not change his mind about us. He does not change his mind about his children. And he has not changed his mind about his firstborn nation of Israel. He still has a plan coming that is being fulfilled as we speak. He has a will and a plan for his children across the earth, Gentiles and Jews alike. He has a plan for us. If we choose him, if we trust him with our lives, he will bring forth his plan and purpose in and through our lives. And when Israel went into captivity, they were dispersed across nations and they're still diverse, different dispersed across the nations. There's many who have gone back to Israel, but there are many more who will be regathered as God draws them back home. And he draws us back home to him as well. He desires us. He pursues us. He passionately desires us to choose him for our lives. And we'll continue in verse 9. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says, be strong and finish the task. Ever since the laying of the foundation of the temple of the Lord's he of heaven's armies, you have heard what the prophets have been saying about the completing of the building. Before the work on the temple begins, there were no jobs and no money to hire people or animals. No traveler was safe from the enemy, for there were enemies on all sides. I had turned everyone against each other. But now I will not treat the remnant of my people as I treated them before, says the Lord of heaven's armies, for I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit. The earth will produce its crops and the heavens will release the dew. Once more, I will cause the remnant in Judah and Israel to inherit these blessings. Among the other nations, Judah and Israel will become, became symbols of a cursed nation, but no longer. Now I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. So don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with the rebuilding of the temple. 
So here again, we have a mix of the promises of our coming Messiah and the glorious reestablishing of his kingdom on earth with us, as well as the encouragement to move forward, build the temple. God is with them. He wants his temple rebuilt now in this time and culture. And he sends this word to encourage them that it is time. Rebuilding should happen. And there is an incredible kingdom that is still to come that they can look forward to and, and be encouraged by that God was with them. And God wasn't being unkind to his people. He was being true to his covenant. When they refused him, he let them have their sin. And he does that to us. We have a choice. We have a choice in life to choose Christ for our lives or choose sin and turn our backs on Christ. And we are responsible and held accountable for that choice that we make throughout life, throughout our life. And in Israel would become a witness to the glory of God. And our lives also are to be witnesses of the glory of God through our lives. We are to radiate his glory in everything we do and honor him and be grateful and show him the gratitude in our lives. We obey God because he is God and he deserves our loving obedience. He is God. And obedience builds character. And when our character is what it what it needs to be and what it should be. God can trust us with his blessings and he can trust us with more. He will honor our faithfulness and material blessings are not bribes or rewards. He's talking about spiritual blessings, eternity with him. He will reward us for eternity if we carry out his will, serve people through Christ and glorify God in every single thing we do. And as we mature in godliness, he gives us more to be used for his glory and his purpose. We set our selfishness aside and we lay down our lives to serve God. And God's covenant with Israel declared that he would punish them if they disobeyed him and turned their backs on him and choose false idols instead, but that they would be blessed if they obeyed him, if they trusted him with their lives, he would pour out blessings on their lives. And with us today, he promises to meet all of our needs through Jesus. If we choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he will provide. He will give us what we need. He will carry us through the valleys. He will direct our and, and be in our circumstances with us. He will lighten the load. Life is not going to be easy because we live in a sinful world, but he will be with us through it. He will carry us and he will make the burden light. And our riches are the rewards of heaven for eternity. That's what matters. Eternity matters. Everything on earth is going to pass away. Everything is going to be burned up. If you have a canister of $5 million under your bed, what good is it? It's not going to last. It's not eternal. It's just paper. And he blesses us so that he wants to pour out blessings in our lives, even in the material nature, so that they can be used for his glory and stewarded well to expand his kingdom and reach the lost so that they can have life for eternity as well, so that everyone has an opportunity to choose Jesus. We can't force people, but we can give them the message and, and show people how amazing and wonderful Jesus is and hope that they too choose Jesus for their lives. And with that, we'll continue in verse 14. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. I was determined to punish you when your ancestors angered me, and I did not change my mind, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But now I am determined to bless Jerusalem and the people of Judah. So don't be afraid, but this is what you must do. Tell the truth to each other. Render verdicts in your courts that are just and that lead to peace. 
Don't scheme against each other. Stop the love of telling lies that you swear are the truth. I hate all these things, says the Lord. There is another message that came to me from the Lord of Heaven's armies. And this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. The traditional fasts and times of mourning you have kept in the early summer, midsummer, autumn, and winter are now ended. They will become festivals of joy and celebration for the people of Judah. So love, truth, and peace. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. People from nations and cities around the world will travel to Jerusalem. The people of one city will say to the people of another, Come with us to Jerusalem to ask the Lord to bless us. Let's worship the Lord of Heaven's armies. I'm determined to go. Many people and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord of Heaven's armies and to ask for His blessing. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. In those days, ten men from different nations and languages of the world will clutch at the sleeve of one Jew. And they will say, please let us walk with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And the covenant standards are going are renewed now because of Jesus. His standards don't change. They're just renewed. And we're held to a higher standard really through Jesus because the laws didn't change. But Jesus completed and fulfilled the law. Now we love God and love people around us out of that love for God. And yeah, we don't murder someone, but we also don't hold hatred in our heart toward them because that is no different than murder. And God reminded his people of their obligation to speak the truth, to practice justice in the courts and to honor his name by not swearing falsely or telling lies. He encourages them to love each other, love your neighbor. Out of the love of God, we love the people around us. And the God of love hates sin because sin is the opposite of love. Sin is awful. It destroys, it steals, it kills. That is not love. And God's character and standards never change. He wants his people to be a holy nation. He wants us to pursue holiness. And if we pursue holiness, we will find happiness and joy that cannot be explained. Happiness and joy that is only found in and through Christ. And the day would come when and the day is coming when Jesus is going to reign. He is returning. And all of the fasts and the sorrows of Israel are going to turn to joy and feasts. And all the sorrows of our lives will turn to joy and celebration. And God called Abraham and he established the nation of Israel so that his people could witness to the Gentiles and lead them to faith in the one and only true living God. God has he desires every single person. He he loves every single person and he wants every single person to choose him. If you have breath in your lungs, you are chosen by God and he wants you to choose him too. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to submit to him. He wants you to worship him. And in said by setting apart one nation, God was seeking to reach the whole world. God's plan was for the whole world to receive salvation through Jesus, to be restored, to be redeemed, to be made whole through Jesus. Israel failed in the mission and they failed the Gentiles and they turned to idols and falseness and, and worshiping everything but God. And Jesus is going to come and he is going to restore. He's going to restore the nation of Israel. He's going to establish his kingdom. And all of the Gentiles who love and trust in Jesus, the one and only true living God, 
they will worship God out of that love of God because we've seen God. Even though Israel failed, God did not. And he still brought his plan forth. And the gospel is reaching the nations. And there are fewer and fewer people groups every year that that don't have access to the word. The word is getting out. The gospel is getting out. The good news of salvation received through Christ and Christ alone is getting out. And we need to be a part of that. We're commissioned to spread the gospel, share the hope that is only found through Christ. And the gospel of Christ is still the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And all people. Jesus died for everyone. And if you have breath in your lungs, like I said, you are chosen by God and he desperately wants you to turn to him and choose him as well for life, for eternity. But it's up to us to make that choice. It's up to us to choose life, to choose Jesus, to submit our lives to him. Let him lead, let him guide. We are all worshiping something. We are all slaves to something. We don't like to admit it, but that is the truth. We're either a slave to our job. We're a slave to money. We're a slave to sin. We're a slave to to addictions that creep up. We're a slave to pleasing everyone around us. Or we can be a slave to Jesus. We can serve him with our lives. We can submit ourselves and give him full control. Let him lead. Let him guide and find the freedom that is only found in worshiping and serving the one and only true living God. Thanks, y'all. I hope you're having a most blessed and glorious day in the Lord.